Welcome to the Donna and Steve show on My Talk 1071. Everything entertainment. Donna Valentine and Steve Patterson on this snowy morning in Minnesota. Gosh, we'll get to the snow at uh, 9.15. Boy, yeah. that, that was kind of crazy. We might even be joined by Kenny, who we haven't seen in years. Yeah, he kind of avoids us. Even <laughs> so, when he's in the building, I'll be like, hey, Kenny. And he's just acts like he's in a hurry. Yeah, so we'll, uh, we'll pick a bone with him Maybe. at 9.15. Yeah, but he's he not going to be on. He's not? He no. bailed? Yeah, he can't do it then. Kenny, okay. It's okay. But he, but we'll, listen, it's gridlocked all over the place. The entire system is just insane. So give yourself a lot of extra time. I will have a question about this that I will hold for 9.15. And I don't. We love MnDOT, and we think that they work hard all the time. But I have a question. I'll okay. save it for 9.15. We'll start with sad news that uh, everybody, of course, is aware of, I would think, at this point. Yesterday, the Kansas City Chiefs were having their victory parade and rally that happened mm-hmm. after they won the Super Bowl this past weekend. And suddenly, everything turned. For a moment, the story was, wow, look how drunk Travis Kelsey is on stage, singing I've Got Friends in Low Places. And then suddenly the story changed to a shooting that had occurred. Uh, At this point, one person has been killed. Her name is Lisa Lopez-Galvin of KKFI Radio. Mm -hmm. In addition to that, there were 22 others who were wounded. Um, At least three of them are wounded and in critical condition on NBC News. Uh, They say that there are um, eight people, I believe I saw eight people with life-threatening injuries as well. There was a a children's hospital that was seeing uh, 11 patients, 11 um, patients between the age of 6 and 15. And I believe at least nine of those patients had suffered gunshot wounds. Oh, my gosh. At this point, what is unclear is uh, a motive in the shooting. Three people have been detained. They're Sifting through all sorts of digital evidence, there were some Twitter videos last night uh, that that people had. There there were some sort of eye in the sky surveillance of this entire Union Square area, this Union Station area, where you could just see overhead, and then you could see the moment of panic as the crowd that is really tightly together all starts to just disperse um, from above. There were an estimated one million people that were in downtown Kansas City for the event. There was video of uh, people who were there, Chiefs fans, chasing down and tackling uh, one of the alleged shooters. And so there were some heroic things there. In addition to that, reading this morning of some Chiefs players who were helping people in the area because it all suddenly turned and they were like wait a minute what is going on here is this not a drill i guess one of the kansas city chiefs players named trey smith he took cover uh like so many other people had to they hear the gunfire sort of in rapid succession come out he said he quickly realized like this is not a joke this is a life and death type situation these aren't fireworks right this is gunfire yeah and he said that he found shelter in a closet and he guided others to safety um he went on to say right before i run in there there's a little kid in front of me so i just grabbed him i just yanked him and was telling him you're hopping in here with me buddy and so i don't i don't know how many people were in that closet maybe 20 plus he said there was a point um they also say kansas city chiefs long snapper james winchester was very instrumental in keeping people calm 
uh, one of the Chiefs players, even who had like one of those WWE belts that yeah. they were using at the celebration. You're right. Saw one of many kids who obviously were uh, traumatized and came over and gave him the belt and was like, look, buddy, you're the champion. Like, you can't, don't worry, you're, you're taken care of today. So these guys were reaching out in that moment of, uh, of panic. Of course, Twitter and uh, the news cycle will become the issue of gun stuff for the next few days. This is sort of part of the cycle, right? We have a mm-hmm. mass shooting. We all talk about it. We politically argue, and then you know, generally nothing changes. Um, you know, and I, I don't. We don't have a. We don't have a motive yet. I was trying to figure out: right, is there clear exactly. evidence if this was an altercation between two people or not? However, there is one witness account on CNN this morning mm-hmm. saying that they overheard somebody saying, "Don't do it. Don't do it here." And then the person in a circle turns and starts shooting. Oh my god! So if that's the case, that does not sound like an altercation of two people getting no, mad at each other. Definitely not. And I saw a tweet last night, and it just made me think. So I was obviously feeling like everybody feels. You just feel heartbroken for these people, and you feel very frustrated, and especially when there are children involved. I've been to these rallies before when I was a kid. I was at yeah, a rally yeah. when the steel uh, when the Penguins won a Stanley Cup. Mm-hmm. Went to a Steelers Super Bowl parade. Talk about like a joyous moment that then becomes so awful. And so I start to get kind of like boiling when yeah. I start thinking about that stuff. And I hope I don't take anybody off here, but I'll just say this: um, I don't I don't have a sophisticated answer as to what should happen with gun reform in our country. I do think most people think that it would be prudent to make it more difficult for people to get guns, to make Mm -hmm. sure that um, that's a more difficult thing. That being said, I feel the tension of, I am convinced enough, and I'm a pretty optimistic guy, Donna, but I'm convinced enough that there is evil in man. Mm -hmm. Evil Mm -hmm. that can be awakened at any moment that even if laws get tighter, I am also convinced, though I think that's a good idea. Right. I think that people hell-bent on doing evil will still find a way to do evil Mm -hmm. with said guns. So then I saw a tweet, and it was the first time that I thought, boy, this seems different. This guy, and I'm not going to use the guy's language, but if we can't change any of the laws, or if you're not convinced on either side of the argument Mm -hmm. that changing the law will make change you think bad people are going to still do bad things would would there be something we could do in how we penalize mass shooters now sadly these cowards generally take their own lives at the end Mm -hmm. and so that would limit that but let's say in the situation yesterday if this was a mass shooting and these people are still alive Mm -hmm. the shooters and they were intent on shooting a bunch of people could we make the penalty so torturous and so public and leaving so grave an image in anyone who saw its mind that they could that help to stop someone where they think, oh, I'm going to be tortured publicly? I mean, I, again, I won't say the tweet, but they, I thought, boy, if I saw that happen, that would really give me pause. Is there some, because if you just go to either I'm going to kill myself at the end of this 
or I'm going to go spend the rest of my life in prison. Or if you're on death row, you're going to spend the next 20 years on death row getting your three meals a day and eventually you'll die. Mm -hmm. What if it was so torturous because you tried to, in particular, these situations where you try to kill children at an event that ought to be a joyous one? Right. How do we make the penalty for that so shockingly awful? that it might give them pause before they think of putting their hands or a bullet into one of our children. What if we tried to scare the crap out of them in that way where they saw, oh, crap, when people do this, this is what will happen. And I'm a forgiving guy, and I believe that anything can be forgiven from a spiritual standpoint. But I also believe that there can be bad penalties for bad things and is there a gruesome option that we have to stop people in particular from thinking that they can take a bunch of kids lives and then kill themselves or then spend the rest of their life in prison is that enough enough of a deterrent for them and i know yesterday no kids have died i understand that I'm thinking of the nine kids who have bullets in their body at some point yesterday when they were at a rally. So I don't know if gun reform is, is going to work. Frankly, I'm like most of you. I don't have faith in our government on either side for a majority of things. And so I don't know if gun reform will ever happen. And if right. I'm not sophisticated or smart enough to know if it will make a difference. I don't know what the So that's why is. Yeah. when I saw the other tweet, I thought, is that is that the... Is that a more immediate route we take? If we can't agree on who we think should have guns, can we come to an agreement on what we think should happen to people who do god-awful things? I don't know if that will happen or not. But it was the only thing I saw I, that I don't felt different yeah. from the typical arguments. Right. Because that now, as Americans, we become barbaric. You know, and I, I don't think that would ever happen. I understand, and I understand that point, and I, I respect where you're coming from, and I'm sure there, there's a very convincing argument there. But how is there room to treat the barbaric activity of mm-hmm. slaughtering children? Let's go back to school shootings right. with a barbaric penalty, and I'm sure there isn't. But know. it's just in in the end of it, it's like it's just so heartbreaking, and so. I'm sure I just have a lot of emotion of this oh, moment of like sure. thinking of it. And it's just for so sure. irritating. But I, when I saw someone tweet about, do we if we can't change the law of what you have to do to get change it, if the we penalty. don't, can yeah. you change the penalty? Does that change anything? And maybe it doesn't. And maybe it doesn't. Right. But I'm so sad for those families out there I am too. and those kids who had to go through that and had just such what should have been a really lifelong memory of theirs turn into something traumatic. So right. Um, Anyway, that's all we have for now. All right. We'll keep an eye on that story, too. If there's any developments, we will let you know. Uh, when we come back, uh, let's do something a little lighter. I'll just <laughs> complain about the snow now. <laughs> okay. Awesome. Okay. Right. We'll be right back. All right. Bye. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Donna and Steve on My Talk 1071, Everything Entertainment. It's Thursday. It sure is, Donna. How does it happen? I don't know. Every week. <laughs> Every week we say it. Although this Thursday feels different because for the first time in a whole lot of Thursdays, we have snow on the ground. And it felt like the weather report sort of, if you blink and you'll miss it. Yesterday, Holly was talking about the weather and she said, oh, yeah, two to five inches. And I thought, well, that came out of nowhere. Right? I just felt like usually we hear about a, a two to five inch or what ended up being, I think, uh, north of six inches for a lot of people. Usually it feels like you're gearing up for that for a few days. But it was just. I know. I went out, you know, this morning and I was like, that's a lot of snow on the grass and the mailbox. That's how I can usually tell. Yes. You know. Yeah, I was looking out at the uh, at the deck at the railing last exactly. night, and I was like, "Whoa, guys, look out here! This mm-hmm. is not just a little dusting." So then we got out the tape measure, and we were like, "Oh, we're at five oh, inches now. We're That's at six adorable. inches." I think we got to six and a half here in Chaska. But my thinking was this: it was um, it, ha- it more or less finished by around midnight ish. So in my mind, again, simple mind, I thought. This should be pretty easy to handle. You just go out, you plow and salt overnight, because it's not like going to be snowing heavily overnight, I don't right, think. Right, right, right. And then and we've got the sun shining, so it's furthering the melt process this morning, and then uh, it's just a pretty drive. Evidently, not the case. Kenny, who you know and love, who covers traffic, said it was a nightmare out there all morning. What was your commute like, Donna? Um, it was very slippery. Uh, very slow. Took me about an hour to get here. Uh, How about the ditches? Were they filled up with cars? I did not see any cars on my route. Route? Route. 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 That thing. Uh, No, I didn't on my journey. Mm. I had not (laughs) seen any. However, I did see coming the other way on 35, an ambulance, you know, lots of uh, sirens going on. I think I think the biggest problem is people drive too fast. The floor is yours. Slow it down. Don't if you have a big truck and you're behind a sedan, don't intimidate the car in front of you, please. We already feel emasculated man Correct. or woman when we're in our sedans <laughs> or our right. crossover SUVs. These pickup truck people. We get just, it. You're I want to gather them. You're braver. Yes. yes. <laughs> we get you have, it. Your tread is deeper. You have mud flaps. I understand. <laughs> We're already kind of scared of you all. Could you just be nicer to the rest of us? Chan hasn't got seven inches, by the way. Okay. Okay. And Bloomington got six and a half. The airport, we're looking at 6.9. Wow. Yeah. So we essentially got as much snow last night on Valentine's right. Day as we did the entire winter. That's right. And that even includes Halloween, when we had our two and a half inches on Halloween. So October 30th through February 13th, 7 inches. February 14th, 
seven inches. Yep. You know what that means? We're not going to be the least snowy winter. That's okay. I'm okay with that. Are you? Yeah. In fact, as I was shoveling this morning, I thought, this is good. It's going to be in the 30s. It's nice. It's going to melt soon enough. The snow is troubling when you know a deep freeze is coming behind it and that you've seen your grass for the last time in months. Right. That is a gut punch. But no, this is nice. And I think we are going to get hammered at some point. It feels like this year of all years, we are preparing for a late March, early April hammering of like, here's 15 inches. But I think the temps will, this snow will be gone next week. Right? Paul Hutner, everybody. No, you're probably right. You're probably right. I'm thinking, yeah, it's gonna warm. It's gonna be warm. It'll be fine. Everything is Everything's fine. Everything's fine. Just, just we got this. We're gonna do great. It was kind of nice. I, I was picking kids up last night from uh, from a rehearsal and then a dance thing, and then we had a family Valentine's dinner. Aww, oh, so cute! What do you think we had for our family Valentine's dinner? I think I picked you a had little something up. Spaghetti. Oh, you picked it up. I picked a little something up. I yeah, think yeah, you yeah. had Thai food. <laughs> Boy, tell me you don't know my kids without telling me you don't know my kids. Thai food. All right, kids, here's your pad thai. Okay, all right. So Donna, that's a no. Think of the pickiest eaters that could come out of a Pizza. womb. Did you do the heart shape? We did not. Oh. I've never done that. We uh We had McDonald's, everybody. Yeah. Oh, all right, that's Lucky. nice. That's great. Had a Big Mac. Kids had some nuggies. You had a Big Mac? Yeah, Big Mac for Big Mac. After all that candy yesterday. Yeah, it was wow. a bad body day yesterday. <laughs> yeah, That's okay. Too. It's all right. Uh, what are we doing when we come back? I don't remember. Oh, <laughs> oh, I finished a show that what? I highly recommend. Okay. We'll tell you about that. And some interesting news. Donna has thoughts on sharing. Hey, friends, what's up? It's Steve from my pals at the Canopy Group. All right, this past weekend, didn't you see it? Did you see all uh, the insurance commercials and the expensive Super Bowl ads and all that kind of stuff? And you're like, oh, look, another insurance company, another insurance company. All football season. That feels like it's all you see, right? Uh, what do those get you? You think about that? Did it get you anything? Because I think it's still just going to get you one agent who represents one company and gives you just one quote. And that's not how you save money. You need options in order to figure out who can get me the best coverage for my specific situation. If you don't know about the Canopy Group, let me introduce you to them. They are an agency. They represent 16 different insurance companies. Some of the big dogs who you certainly know of, some more boutique agencies that might work really well for your situation. What they do is they will make them fight it out for your business. They'll bring you the best five quotes. And then each year they will continue to do an annual review to make sure that you continue to get covered the best. It's all about options and you get them at the Canopy Group. Thecanopygroup.com. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game, and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. 
pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. Welcome back. Thanks for listening to the Donna and Steve show on My Talk 1071, Everything Entertainment. We got Leah with us till 10 today. Hey, girl. Hello. Uh, what was that, Steve? That was a, a stretched out hey. Oh, I see. Uh, <laughs> I guess without the H or the Y. So maybe that was more of just a soft E sound. Uh, okay. I'll work on that. Just wanted a little clarification. Thank you, Donna. Thanks, you. You continue to make me a better broadcaster. Thank you. <laughs> you do. You're my, I, you're I my really mentor. I really don't want to take the blame for all that. <laughs> Donna, when I get selected <clears throat> to the uh, Minnesota Broadcasters Hall of Fame, will you present me? I will hope you... not. Why? I don't like talking in public. <laughs> <laughs> Said the radio DJ. That's good. Uh, thanks. Although we do really just talk in a room here. Yeah. This is not exactly public speaking. Right. You would be nervous right now if you were... In a crowd, if there were a, a crowd. crowd, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nina Leike. I finished a show. All right, let's hear it. The show is called, I've talked about it briefly before, it's called Fool Me Once. It's on Netflix. I don't know a single person <laughs> from this show. Oh, really? There's not a... Legitimately, not a single person that I recognized. It stars a woman named uh, Michelle Keegan. Okay. Adil Akhtar. Okay. Richard Armitage. These are not real names. names. (laughs) Uh, Dino Fetcher. Oh. What about Joanna Lumley? Do you know Joanna Lumley? Abfab. Oh, yeah, I love her. Abfab, that's what she's from. Oh, I do like her. My roommate watches this show. Absolutely fabulous. Yeah, so yeah, someone had made that connection before, and they said, "Oh, she's from this." Um, yeah, she's great. Uh, this is a different role for her, though, because usually she's like role. a goofball. Oh yeah, oh that's funny. She ain't in this. This is a. Uh, it's a. It's a really interesting concept. I don't know if they're plan. I don't think they're planning on any more seasons. If they are, and I'm going to sneeze at any moment. Now. Oh great! I held it in. <laughs> Hang on, let me pop my eyes back into my sockets. Okay. Anyway, survive that. Thank you all for okay. being with us on this journey. I think it's a one-off because it is. It's eight episodes. But if you like a show, oh, it's a mini series. That is okay. So if it's if you like a show that um is sort of like a murder mystery sort of a thing, a whodunit trying to no, figure it out. It. I don't think you're gonna hate this one though. I think I this is do. not like Knives Out. This is not clue this is a story of a woman um who you find out immediately has lost both her husband and sister have both been killed um at different times and from there things go spinning i won't spoil by the end of the first episode actually fairly quickly into the first episode there is a like huh kind of moment and then you're already leaned in and now you're trying to figure it out. What's cool about it is if you like a fully buttoned up season, if you like a satisfying finale, if you like the anti-Christopher Nolan option, 
Christopher Nolan always loves for there to be some debate and a little bit of, well, what do you think happened? What sure, do you think I happened? I kind of like that, too. Okay. This ain't that. This gives you a satisfying finale. Okay. A satisfying finale that you just say, okay, they answered my questions. I know what I need to know here. And there are plot twists okay. all throughout the whole thing. And this is a British series? It is. And I knew that you would be mm. uninterested if I led with that because of your longstanding feud with the Brits. But it is British. These people, I, I believe You're these are the all... You're the one who offended the Brits yesterday. I for, oh, was it the teeth thing? Yeah. Yeah, did we get any emails on that? I think so, yes. Okay, my apologies. All of you British listeners, your teeth look great with the lights off. No, they look great. <laughs> they look great at a Halloween prop store. <laughs> no, 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 it's fine. They look great. They look oh great. Oh, my gosh. Where did you get your teeth from? Did you get enough tickets at Chuck E. Cheese? Remember when they would hand you some of those jacked up teeth? <laughs> no, British people, your mouths are awesome, guys. Seriously, it's one of your best parts. All right, stop talking okay. about that. But these are all, yes, these lovely British people. If you love a good British accent, you're going to get all sorts of them in this. Um, and, and really great actors. I mean, great performances all throughout. And again, outside of, I guess, Joanna Lumley from AbFab, I think a bunch of names that the majority of people have no idea who they are, which I, for me, always kind of makes me buy in a little more because I'm not thinking, oh, but I remember when Tom Hanks was Forrest Gump mm. or I remember when Denzel was blank. You know, it's I, I kind of buy in a little more. Fool me once, good episodes under an hour, and uh, you can plow through it. And Donna, I just thought you might be proud that I, I finished another show. Were you I, watching I, I this with Lou? Things. I was, so she was... Okay, so she was instrumental in the, <laughs> in the finishing completion. department. Yes, got yes. it, okay. Yes. Okay. All right, good. Glad you liked it. Yeah, she holds me accountable in those situations. Don't we can't we pop around? Can't we watch a little bit of this and then take a couple weeks off and then come back to it after we watch some Wheel of Fortune, Shark Tank, whatever. Yeah, yeah, I don't like that. Okay. Neither does Lou. I, I seem to be the minority here. It, maybe it's like, a guy thing. Maybe it's an ADD thing. It starts to feel I start to feel a little claustrophobic when binging some shows where I'm like, wait, let, th- there's other stuff. I don't want to think anytime we turn on the TV for the next week and a half, it it's to automatically going to be this show. Okay, see, I love that. It's like a book that you can't wait to get home to, to pick up again and start reading. That's how I feel. Like right now I'm doing that with Succession. I oh. love it. I'm obsessed. I am jealous that you're watching that for the first time. Really? Oh, it was, I, so I, great. it was so much. It was so great to watch. Okay, it. so first season, I was like, "What yeah. is this? I don't." Bleh. And then I, I held out, and by the end of season two, I was like, "Oh no, he didn't." Uh oh. And now I'm in the last season, and I, I can't, I can't look away. It's real good. Don, I actually saw something this morning, and I wondered, could you be? My talks, Brian Cox. Brian Cox. Oh, oh. I love him. Okay, and the name of his character in Succession is Old Man Petey or something Logan. like that. Logan. Logan. So Sarah Snook his from daughter. Succession. Okay. Yep. She said her Succession co-star, Brian Cox. I knew. Ha- I, I knew you were going to flag this story. I well, I thought it might hit close to home, okay. and it could be sort of a cautionary tale. Okay. She says her co-star, Brian Cox, had a habit of flying into what she described as 
diabetic rages on the set. And it can be terrifying because of his thunderous voice, right? He can gather the attention of the room, you know? Great actor. But she's not totally sure he was being serious. She said, I think part of it's a little of trying to just jolt the energy of the set and rustle a few feathers, get it going, moving faster. He has admitted, Donna, that his diabetes makes him hangry. He says, I need my food, and then I don't like my food, so I have a very complicated relationship with my food. Reminds me of someone. As a, <laughs> as a pre-diabetic, though, I want to figure out, I want to find creative ways that I can support you so oh, that you don't you. turn into our Logan. Because you're you. pre-diabetic, and I haven't seen you in a pre-diabetic rage yet. I do that in the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that means. Anyway, I did a deep dive on this guy because I became, I'm sorry for using the word obsessed, but I came, became a little hyper-focused on knowing everything about these people, these actors. And so I watched a few interviews with Brian Cox, and I'm like, oh, this guy, he's going to be one of those hard nuts to crack, you know, kind of like a De Niro. Yeah, Where yeah. you're like, does this guy ever smile? Like, what's happening? He is absolutely delightful. Oh, is that right? Delightful. He Lovely. looks intimidating. Correct. He Like, he's a classically trained actor, stage actor, you know? Like, you could see him playing Macbeth. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's great. I love him. You should watch the show. Does he have an accent? He is a Scottish actor, but it's a little, it's subtle. I think he's been in L.A. for a long time. Oh, okay. But I, they're, they're... And Sarah Snook is Australian. I tell you what, people are amazing I know, at right? doing that. And I don't think American actors are all that great at playing Aussies or British folks. Right, right. I, saw, I heard a guy singing the other day. Remember that guy I had you listen to on TikTok? Yes. I can pull it up real quick. Um, it, he was just like some random singer that I found. And I was like, wow, this guy sounds really great. And then sure enough, as I... Started doing a little deep dive on him. I found something out about him. I'll play this because it's going to be Bush League, but just hear his voice. Beautiful. What a voice, right? Yes. Take it upstairs. Here we go. I would hand this guy a record deal on the spot. I mean, come on, dude. That It's Gareth Music, by the way. This man is severely British or Scottish. I forget which. But I was like, he does another video video where he's like, hey, so just so you know, we're going to be doing this. Blah, and I, how do, how do we not hear it when they sing? I don't know. Because That's sometimes you can't unhear it. And I'm pretty sure that Scottish is British. Thank you. Do you think that is correct? I don't know. I do think it is correct. But if I said I want a British accent... And then I came at you, you have with to say a, an English accent. Really? Uh-huh. With authority, you're saying these things? Not really. Okay. I'm pretty sure. Doesn't the huh. king have reign over Scotland? Here's that same guy. Here's oh, my God. Same, <laughs> He's no, not listen, even listening to me. No, I'm listening. Here's the same guy talking. Okay. It's February. Noah Cahan is coming to Dublin at the Three Arena. Oh, wow. he's Irish. Uh, this is my petition to sing tax season. That's that oh, man. Oh, okay. That is that man. That's incredible. I mean, uh, find me Lucky Charms. They're magically delicious. And then it's like, Harold, <laughs> I'm like, what's going on? And I'm an Irish person, Donna. 
Am I related to Gareth? I think we should call you Gareth. I should have known he was British when I saw Gareth music. You don't see a lot of guys from Brooklyn named Gareth. <laughs> There's no one in Indiana, born in Indiana, named Gareth, right? Sure. I don't even think we get access to that name in the baby books, like baby names. They only sell Gareth books <laughs> in Ireland. This fell apart. I'm going to take off now. I'll I want to come with you. <laughs> Can I come? No, you have to stay. We both have to stay. Crap. When we come back, let's get to the Sharon Stone okay, thing. Okay, I'll you had some sh- interesting takes on Sharon Stone. I like what she says. She's talking about wealth and money and expectations. And Donna's got an interesting take on it. Uh, so we'll, we'll get into that when we come back. It's Donna and Steve on my talk. Ooh. Hey, guys, welcome back. Donna and Steve on my talk 1071, where talk is fun. And where if you see something, we think you should say something. Let's do it. Hey, if you see something, say something. Oh, that is catchy, huh? Time for If You See Something, Say Something with Donna and Steve. If you see something, say something. Come on and party tonight. (sighs) Remember we were having that conversation, conversation, Steve, about... um, you know, a lot of assumptions are made about what if somebody is perceived to be rich, it's like you have an expectation that they should pick up the check. Yeah, pay for but, the rest of us. Yeah, and and that really irritates me. And remember, I was like, I'm acting like I'm rich. I'm acting yes. like I'm the person complaining that it happens to me. Right. Uh, that wasn't the case. I just have like a, I don't, I don't know. It how strikes to, a principled chord yes, in you. Yes, there you go. Yes, I. It really bothers me. It's, it really bothers you that if if you're at a dinner and you know that Jim makes a million dollars a year and Jim's at the dinner too, the idea that everybody else at that dinner would just wait for Jim to reach and take the check is not cool. So not cool. I think it's sweet. I'm like Jim, hook it up. <laughs> But I think there is an expectation, right? Like a silent expectation. So, and then I started thinking about um, Taraji P. Henson. Remember, she was on, I don't know what show she was on. Criminal, or not, a person of interest. Yes. And she was talking about how it's expensive to be a celebrity. And I'm like, girl, I got you. I hear you. I know what you're saying. Because just listen to this. Okay, so now Sharon Stone is saying the same thing. Okay, so she was doing an interview, I think, with InStyle magazine, if I've got that right. But doesn't matter. She's worth $40 million. Steve, do you want to do your Sharon Stone name drop before I continue? Yeah, it's tough for me to jump into this uh, story in an unbiased way as a colleague of mine, Sharon Sharon, as you guys know her, um, Sharon and I worked on a <laughs> movie back when I was 12 called Diabolique. I ended up netting $450 plus oh, from my work good. as an extra. I was a, uh, an Irish Catholic schoolboy. Mm. No spoken lines scripted. You do hear me say, ooh, me at one point. And uh, <laughs> my mom got me an ATM card and I burnt all of it in a matter of about a month at a gas station candy store up the street. Go on. <laughs> Okay. Thank you. Anyway, she said, um, you go out to dinner. There are 15 people at the table. 
And who gets handed the check? I do. She's like, I get the $3,000 dinner check every single time. She said, you know, it is expensive to be famous. Some of her costs include her newly purchased home, as well as fees for security. Mm. Then there's publicists. There's makeup artists. There's managers. You need all of that if you want to stay on top of your game, right? Right. So I hear what she's saying. I just felt like she heard me talking about this on the air, and then the story popped up, and I'm like, my girl Sharon. You also don't like it when people say, Jeff Bezos should be giving more money. Uh, correct. Even, even, and so, and I think that's honorable of you because that shows that it, there is no threshold on the money. You're, it's not like if you, okay, if you make more than this, then all bets are off. You're like, no, just because you don't know what they give. Yeah. You, you don't know who they help behind the scenes, correct. whose tabs they've picked up in the past. Not everybody is doing the big things publicly. Right. There is that, but I wanted to say this about Sharon Stone also. She's not stingy and she's not, you know, she's not cheap. In fact, this is a, kind of a fun fact. She was hired, uh, let's see, was it, what movie was it? Hold on. Leonardo DiCaprio had just come off of his Oscar nomination for What's Eating Gilbert Grape. Great movie, by the way. And she said, you know, this. she revealed this in her memoir. She said she gave a large portion of her paycheck to Leo so that he could be in the film, uh, The Quick and the Dead. Great movie, mm. by the way. Mm. Um, came out in 1995. She said he was a superstar. And I wanted to be in a great movie, not a stupid movie. So I got the best people to surround me that I possibly could. And when a producer could not understand her decision to fork up uh, some of her profits just to have Leo DiCaprio in the film... She she told him, you know, I get that this isn't man think, but concentric thinking is how women think. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I feel so, attacked. <laughs> I don't know what that means also. I think it means a common center, common ground. And mm. men are probably more, I think what she's thinking is that men maybe are more about what they get out of something not you know their money what can hmm. i get out of it and she she is trying to support the bigger picture okay instead of just herself she wanted it to be a good film sure and i don't even remember him remember him in that movie you know, I bet I could see what you're saying fleshing itself out in a different avenue a little bit more. Okay. In the world of sports. Oh, I like this. There oh, are men million, are from Mars. <laughs> there are <laughs> million dollar athletes and they end up getting a contract that is so big because they need to get their bag. It's so big that they can't keep the other players who are good and help make the team good. And because they have an agent in their corner saying, dude, this is your time to get the money. And it is very rare that a top-tier athlete says, I will take less so that we have more for them. But I'll tell you who has done it multiple times who? is the biggest football star of them all, Tom Brady. Oh, he wow. would take hometown discounts 
in New England to help pay for other people. And there are other guys who would do it too, but it is a it is more rare. And I wonder if you swapped out all of those men with women, I think you're right. I think that you would see more of a we're in this together, right. you know? How we're much a team. maybe even a little bit of like the how much money do I really need? You know? Exactly, Steve. We should go tour colleges and tell them about this. You know it. what? If we do go to a college, maybe we could go speak at the school where they just offered the first ever cornhole scholarships. Oh, I heard about this. Two kids from Amazing. Colorado. They uh, just became the first college athletes to get scholarships to play Division One cornhole. Their names are Jackson Remick. And Gavin Hammon, they went to Thunder Ridge High School. Sounds made up. That's near Denver. They have apparently a strong cornhole program there. Um, so here's what happened. They won the first ever high school championship together back in 2021. Then another one a year later. So on National Signing Day last week, they signed letters of intent to play D1 cornhole. D1. For, oh my God! D one cornhole for Winthrop University in South Carolina. I do declare <laughs> the school has not said how much the scholarship is for, but it's not a full ride. Although their new coach at Winthrop thinks that full ride scholarships for cornhole could happen eventually. Okay, uh, it's twenty twenty four. So this is a thing. Like high school has, aside from gym class. They play competitively. They have some competitive teams now. Uh, competitive cornhole. There's a professional circuit that you can watch their tournaments on ESPN two. And these dudes are just unbelievable. Really? They are lethal. Oh my gosh! And I mean, all of they them. Are it's lethal. like they put watch they put out, the... guys. It's the family barbecue. Here comes Fred. <laughs> watch out, he's lethal. And the training that they do looks as though eyeball tests. It involves Heineken and beer, or Heineken beer, burgers, wings. It is it is your uncle, and he has found his place, his people, <laughs> and it's a beautiful thing to watch. Okay, good right. to know. Thank you, Leah. Thank you, Leah. See you tomorrow. <laughs> okay, we'll have some music news after a dirt alert with Mike up next. Hey friends, it's Steve. You know, the season is changing and now is the time to begin planning your winter adventures here in Minnesota. From dog sledding across a frozen lake to dining in an igloo, winter can be magical in Minnesota. So start planning your winter getaway and visit one of the world's largest malls or catch a touring Broadway production. Get your free monthly travel e-newsletter and start planning your dream trip or browse through endless events and activities happening throughout the entire state by visiting exploreminnesota.com.